It's time to chat some bollocks about fanny tits and bum. No topic is off the limit for these potty mouth found mums. So tell us all your secrets, we like to share the truth. About saggy tits and anal warts and ice cubes up your hoof. No, no. holes barred. I have incredibly dry hands, Laura. Why? Because I've been tiling. Yes. And the adhesive in the ground literally sucks all the moisture out of your apodermis. So I've got really sore dry hands. But <laughs> I've been using my Casper Funny uh, lubrication jar of petroleum jelly to uh, <laughs> moisturise my face styling. But hands. isn't it? Isn't it just literally like a tub of? Uh, uh, Vaseline Vaseline I was going to call it Vicks Obviously you don't want to put that on your vagina <laughs> That's what it is But I need to get it Two that's seconds pro- That's an appropriate course of action I feel An appropriate course of action Is it though But it's like It is my like It's like my fanny tub isn't it <laughs> Yeah but you don't dip your fanny directly in it <laughs> Sometimes I feel I feel this is appropriate Hold on Go Look at the size of it Oh god that's a big old tub mate <laughs> Yes, I know. I've got a lot of labia to cover. Um, it's huge, isn't it? Look at that. Industrial. I don't know how I feel about seeing that. Diprobase ointment emollient. Oh, Diprobase. But it's the emollient version, so it's like... Oh, mate, that looks like a jar of cum. <laughs> it does. <laughs> or discharge at a certain time of the month. Depending on um, what time of the month, yeah. God, they're so sore. <laughs> I feel broken Best world problems I know It really is isn't it Oh they're so sore there They fucking hurt so badly And I've got like A murderous fingernails Yeah they're not nice I, I, I clocked them Yeah I can't I gotta I gotta have a yeah. bit I haven't had a bath this Or a shower this morning Because um, I haven't grouted yet So I'm doing Would that. you like to know A um, Good way To exfoliate Moisturise the hands While getting Ooh. rid of Unwanted Dirt Yes, please. Put in your hands, fairy liquid or whatever liquid you have, fairy liquid, sugar and olive oil, and then scrub. Get it in your nails. Hello. Quite a lot of sugar. It's basically like a natural um, sugar scrub. But obviously the oil moisturises the hands. The, the washing liquid um, cleans it and the sugar, you know, gets rid of... Do you know what? I've done one of those before, but I've used salt. Well, sugar's much better though, babes, because come on, fucking salt in these wounds. Oh. Yeah, it's much kinder. <laughs> much kinder to the skin. <laughs> you look like you're about to like put your hand up a cow oh, and no. help it burp I'm, a calf I'm going elbow deep here. That's how, that's how dry I am. Oh, mate, this is bad news. What's that? Darren's outside. He might knock my door. Who's Darren? It's my postman. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's coming. Oh, what is it? Like a greedy cunt. Yeah. This is meant to, this has got a sell by date of November 2022, mate. It won't even make the end of today. Is that from your post chocolate place? This is from the uh, chocolate smiths. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Oh, God. They are absolutely fucking brutal. Anyway, how are you, Laura? Well, uh, I had a very traumatic experience last night. Please talk, talk me through it. <laughs> I was making a pinch of nom recipe, well, which yes, is lovely. Like I've had it before. Yeah. And I chopped up a whole red chili. Mm-hmm. And then I obviously didn't wash my hands, which I thought I had washed my hands. And yeah, then but sometimes chili sticks, mate, even when you wash it. Yes. <laughs> As you discovered. Because I went to like touch my eye a bit and I thought, oh shit, oh hang on a minute, I've touched chili. I'm gonna go upstairs and wash my makeup off with my fucking hands. <laughs> so I I I'm over the, the sink and I'm like washing my hand uh, washing my face with my hands and literally getting my hands over my eyes, and then I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, and he like came running up the stairs. I was like, "Get me a flannel!" He was like, "We don't, we don't have any flannels." I was like, "Fucking find one!" I've got chilies in my eyes. 
Uh, and then the flannel seemed to just make the situation worse. He then had to undress me and guide me into the shower. That. I was like, why did you get undressed? Because <laughs> your eyes were hurting. Because how do I clean my... Yeah, I had to get in the shower. Like, he was like, just put your face under running water. Yeah. He was like getting me undressed. And then he's like having... I'm obviously naked with my eyes shut and I'm screaming. So he's having to lift my foot up and guide it into the bath and get the other side of my foot in. And then, and then I'm like... Touching around, trying to find where the water is, and he was just like, "Laura, I, you're a fucking dick. Why did you do that?" <laughs> it was an accident. No, it, it was the deep. It was my deep peaked eye experience all over, but in the eyeball. Awful. Both oh, eyeballs, Vic. Yeah. But <laughs> Steve sat on the toilet seat, and I was just going. <gasps> water over and over again and our neighbours must have been like what the fuck is going on so he was like oh, I've googled it and it says that you need to put some milk on your eyes yeah did so you try that it worked did it so cotton wool pads doused in milk over my eyes oh my god the relief the relief I just stood there how are you Vic how are you now that we're past my disaster uh yeah I'm I'm just Really fucking sick to death of um, not sleeping. Yeah, we've we've hit another shit period of no sleep. Would you say maybe you are not okay <laughs> at the moment? Uh, yeah, it's been a really rough. Well, since the clocks went back, mm. so um, obviously everybody knows because I don't stop fucking talking about it. Edith is super sensitive sleeper. And just going back that hour, obviously we had the 3.30 wake up, which was hideous. And things have just been on a sort of a downward spiral since that moment, I would say. So we've not, I think we've had only two nights where she slept through in the past two weeks, which, you know, that's a lot to be awake every night. It's it's even got to the point now where I'm so fed up of having to go and sit in her room in the middle of the night that I've just bought her a single bed. So I can get in it and go back to sleep. Have have we established any kind of getting in bed with her sleep routine? Because you're a raging insomniac, so I can imagine it's quite difficult to then fall back asleep with a small child in a bed. I have to just the single bed's better because she was in a toddler bed, which I was also sleeping in quite frequently. Beautiful. <laughs> It's so fucking uncomfortable. And, um, you know, my I've got quite long legs. They didn't fit in the bed. And also there was like a bar at the end of the bed. So I had to have my feet up on the bar. And it was very, it was just, it's just more trauma. It was layers upon layers of trauma. A lot of traumatic experiences. Yeah, just horrendous. And um, about two, I can't remember now, was it two nights ago? Because I texted you the day after. Oh, we had a little chat. Um, She woke up and she was awake in the night for two hours, which she hasn't done that for a while. And I just lost it. I was like, I cannot do this anymore. And I was completely... Like I was crying so much I was just sobbing I was like I can't I can't love you The way you want me To love you I'm pretty sure That's the song <laughs> You're probably it needs to You be. can make me Love you Because <laughs> she just She's so consuming She wants She just wants me Edith mm-hmm. She wants every Fucking And it's not Rob It's you isn't it yeah, it's me. Was Rob there comfortting you during this incredibly traumatic experience? He was experience? in the other room snoring his fucking head off, which made me more angry. He had initially gone into her and then um, just gave up and was like, nah. I mean, he's, to be fair, he does take a lot of this shit for me. Like he was up with her last night and the night before that um, because he knows that I was on the verge of a mental breakdown probably and was like, you need to sleep because he can just deal with it better than I can. He yeah, seems Steve to be can. more robust to the sleep deprivation. Steve is definitely far better at sleep deprivation. I mean, don't if I were to speak, if he were here right now and I would to go, you're much better at sleep deprivation, he would be like, no, I'm not. Yeah. It's you're more mental than me, Laura. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. So, that's what the bottom line is. Limits I think, my options. And, like, I, have we talked about Rob's, um, what's it called? Condition that we recently discovered. Have I told no. you about this? Yeah, you've told me. But I've told you. But so, so anyway, a lot, I can't even fucking remember what it's called, which is not helpful. 
But um, Rob has this condition, this neurological condition where he can't sustain emotion. So unlike me, who gets like really fucking frustrated and angry at the situation of the non-safe and just been like, oh my God, it's ruining my life. You know, in it's the like moment, his brain is permanently yeah. releasing an antidepressant into yeah, his body. Yeah, he's just like that the next I'm morning. letting it go. Da, 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 it's another day. It's like he only has feelings for 20 minutes, which is kind of ideal. I'd love to live my life like that. So would I. But um, yeah, I'm I would. Opposite. I would love to not be plagued by my emotions. <laughs> wouldn't, oh, wouldn't it be fantastic? Wouldn't it? Why such a fucking happy-go-lucky guy, isn't it? Yeah, because, but, but yeah, because you don't have any emotions, you psychopath. Yeah, I mean, that must be one step away from a psychopath. It really is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I've said that to him many times. I said to him, I'm like, one day, I think I'm going to wake up. I'm not going to wake up because you would have murdered me in the case. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be like a Netflix documentary on you. But it's so right. So he doesn't. So this thing, I'll have to find out what the name of it is called. Hold on. So it's called Aphantasia. That's Ooh, what he that has. sounds like a Disney film. It does, doesn't it? It sounds fucking all like a Disney princess name. Aphantasia. Um, it's the inability to voluntarily create mental images in one's mind. So basically, whereas where if you said, oh, imagine an apple, you and me would like see an apple. Rob doesn't see that. He just he just sent this going through his mind. A round fruit that is red. So this is the bit that I'm really struggling with. Yeah. I don't understand. I'm struggling to understand. He knows what an apple looks like, and yet he can't see it in his brain. No. So he would recognize it in the same way that, you know, if he'd see an apple, he'd be like, that's an apple. But if you asked him to visualize that in his mind, when there wasn't one in front of him, he wouldn't be able to do it. He could, wow. he could describe it, but he wouldn't be able to see yeah. it. So um, yeah, it's like, it's just really affects his imagination. I struggle to see things in color in my brain. Do you? Yeah, I, for me, like, uh, I, which I'm learning through therapy. Yeah, uh, I really struggle to see color. Oh, what's like that? What's the link to that then? With the probably because I'm just neurologically fucked up too. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not throw something um, else it's onto reflection the reflection of my soul. It's black. Yes, it's black. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Um, I've not mentioned it to Elena. To be fair. My therapist, mm. uh, because it's never felt relevant. Right. But I know that when I go back, like you know, like if you were to imagine something in time, could you imagine it in like its color in it in its memory, or would you remember it in almost like a foggy gray black? Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Because it's really difficult to describe memories, isn't it? When you see them, they're more of a sort of sensation than yes. Yes. Yeah. It is more of, oh, yes, it is. It's more of a sensation that that thinking about that thing is. Yeah. I don't remember things in color. And I also don't remember things in in my person, as in, like, if I recall a memory, which is a disassociation, if you don't know, if I recall a memory, I recall it and I'm not in my body recalling it. I'm, I'm like a bird watching you looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. You're an observer. Yeah. I'm an observer of all my memories. The only the only two memories that I ha- I have that I can positively recall on where I'm actually in my body and I remember them and I remember how it feels was when I had Toby and Elliot and that's it. Really? Mm. That's mad, isn't it? I know it is, it is. I've, and I've only like really realised that they feel so significant, but I guess they are significant because they're yeah. the only two ones I have of like me yeah. in, in my actual body, in my and physical mate, being. Who's going to forget birth? Exactly. <laughs> no one. <laughs> I'm just going to open this while we're here because oh, I am a bit peckish. Yeah. And you, I mean, this is just, I would feel a bit strange if you didn't eat whilst we were recording this podcast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's got a heart on it. Oh, look at that. Mm. Oh, that looks pretty. All right. Very nice. Are you going to eat that whole massive slab? That's not a massive slab, Victoria. It's very small, actually. What do you think that is? A chocolate bar equivalent? That is that is like one and a half penguins. (laughs) Get lost! I can get a penguin, and I will size it up. (laughs) Yeah, but it's about the content. Surely that looks a lot richer than a penguin. Don't be a dickhead. 
in your fucking box, you bitch. <laughs> I've eaten so much chocolate this week. I think it is the sleep deprivation. You know, you just want to eat sugar to just stay awake, really, mainly. <laughs> I feel I'm not having a... I'm in a bad place with lots of things. My body confidence is really shit. I feel like a massive potato. But you know what? I think, like, when we have... I'm going to go down there. Come on, let's I'll put do the it. chocolate down for a minute. By the way, that's beautiful. Let's go deep. <laughs> let's go deep. We all have this ability to spiral. So what we think we're in control of, we're not always necessarily in control of because we're allowing other parts of our life to spiral with it. So you're losing sleep at the moment, which is having an impact on how you view your children. Yeah. Which is impacting how you view your life exactly. It, your life feels really doomed and really heavy and really hard and really shit. Yeah. It spirals into other things because you allow that negative voice to kind of overtake that. No, I am going to be able to do this. And you know what? This will pass. And you know what? I am fucking strong enough. Yeah. Because you're tired. You know, it's that tiredness it, as well. Tiredness just... is oh, used as a form of fucking torture yeah. around the world, which we've said about before. You know, we both would be shit. In those situations Like fine I'll give you all my secrets And it, it just makes me Such a miserable bitch I've been a I'm miserable not very good. bitch And just I just don't have like I just haven't got the patience either Like Edith was up this morning at 10 to 5 After being awake at half past 3 And it's like Oh my god! And she's been so annoying. She just kept going. I'm hungry again. I'm hungry. And then I said, "You've got to stay in here till your light comes on," because that's just a way of trying to get her to stay in the room. Mm-hmm. But um, in the end, I fucking turned the light on and went, "Oh look, your pineapple's on!" Just to shut her up, so I could go downstairs and put the TV on and at least make myself a cup of tea and feel a yeah. bit more human. It was like I'm not staying in here for another half an hour listening to her. Just whinge. It's the whinging, isn't it? It's like I just I normally it doesn't bother me. Well, it does, it always bothers me. Whinging is annoying, but it really bothers me when I'm tired and I'm like, oh, just stop whinging. It's so annoying. You know, my dad always said this one thing, and I'll give it to you now. Yeah. Sleep is food for the soul. And it's true. It's so true. And I'm fucking hungry, mama. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mama wants a three-course meal. But you're 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 not you if you don't get enough sleep. No, you know what I mean, I like you can't function, and like the, all of your rationale and logic, it just goes completely out. And that's why you know motherhood, parenthood is so fucking hard, especially in the early days. And people are like, oh, just enjoy it; it's so wonderful. And you're like, fuck off. Do you know what I'm thinking? I'm finding this. I found the last six months harder than when they were newborns. Yeah, but do, do you think that's because there was an expectation of you maybe that thought it's going to be easier? And then well, I think because of- it had got easier. That's, yeah, a, that's, that's the hard. issue. And we've yeah. regressed. But yeah, it just feels like a massive regression. And just I've just I've just reached like a dead end with it. It's like there's nothing I can do. We have yeah. to just ride it out. She's got to, you know, get over the fucked upness of the clock change. And then hopefully when that happens, she'll settle into more of a routine again, like a decent one where she's sleeping 12 hours. But like the, I spoke to the sleep consultant because I speak to her every fucking day. And she said it takes about 14 days for them to re-regulate after a clock change if they're sensitive to sleep. So right. we haven't even made it through that 14 days yet. So yeah. I, that that's made me feel better though, because I'm kind of like, all right. There is an end inside. There's an end. Hopefully there's an end. She's still going to bed early and everything. So that's all fine. Bedtime's fine. It's just the waking up in the night. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then, you know, like just everything is so overwhelming all the time. There's just always a million and one things to do. Do you feel a bit lonely with it as well? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Uh, But you know what? Not so much because I have talked to loads of people about it. Like obviously I was chatting to you about it. I did it one o'clock in the night when I was on my own, just in this Mm. dark room with this kid screaming at me, just thinking, oh my God. Like I can't, why did I, basically I was thinking, I don't think I can be a mum because I don't think I I can do this. Yeah. But, but also (laughs) you kind of got no fucking choice. You know, it's like, there's nowhere to go. I can't leave them. I don't want to leave them. But equally, I I just need to not, I don't want to be in this situation. Yeah. So that's what I was feeling. Yeah. Like being, I'm feeling trapped is actually like, for me, it's really triggering for my panic. So I, I recognise now that if I feel like I'm trapped in a situation, even if it's with my kids, yeah, 
I don't cope very well. No. Unless they're scared and then I go into like primitive mode and then I'm like, I Nurture. must protect my children. Yeah. Um, but if I'm trapped with them and they're pissing me off, I want to be like that lioness that clouts her kid over the head with a fucking paw <laughs> and tells them to fuck off somewhere else. <laughs> and then you feel really guilty, don't you? That's and when your thing. kids act like cunts in the day, like it feels hard, but when they like act like cunts in the night, when you have oh, nowhere right. to go, no. it's that, it is that trapping. It's that, you know, feeling of, I can't escape this. I can't get away. And that's yeah. really hard. That's really fucking draining. I don't even remember what happened. After that, did I get into a bed? I can't remember. It's all a blur. All the nights have yeah. just kind of like blurred into one now. Oh, what? Um, yeah, other than, you know, just generally just still having this. I'm very process. concerned that at some point or another, I am going to get a message from you that said, I've had a full blown breakdown. <laughs> I don't think I'm there yet. Yeah. Give it a couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, talking about all of this, you know, just kids and everything. We did have a nice email from someone about this very subject. Uh, I've not even done my icebreaker, but whatever. Let me find her. Mm, oh, it's just this is just a little bit sense. of a tidy up time, I suppose we'd say. I've not done my icebreaker. Oh, sorry, but she just says thank you. For what? Because we were also talking about it. What? <laughs> let me read this and then you can do your icebreaker. Oh, okay. Because uh, it's relevant. Um, hi, ladies. I follow you both, and you make me smile. And sometimes we myself a little. You both are amazing and remind me of what me and my friend would chat about on the phone. I just want to say thank you for bringing up the topic that kids are ourselves. You're welcome. We said a lot. We said a lot. Being a mum, we are meant to enjoy every moment and see it as a blessing. I wish I had mum friends like you two and my son was little. He's 21 and I didn't enjoy the whole motherhood thing at first and felt ashamed by this because I thought there was something wrong with me. This made me spiral into a deep depression. I didn't want to talk to anyone about this out of fear of being called a bad mum. Anyway, I just want to talk to thank you both for normalising that kids are cunts. <laughs> I love that. You are welcome. Let's normalise. Let's normalise kids are cunts. No, what in the in the night in this the depths of my um, sorrow of at my life, I was really thinking about kids and about this, the pre- of like why have I had children and the societal pressure to or not even I don't even know if it's pressure. It's more like there's an expectation that having kids is your should be your sort of like goal as a woman and that and that by having kids that it will fulfill you in a way that nothing else ever possibly could which on one hand I agree with but on the other hand I just feel like fucking hell I feel like we've been massively missold the whole concept of having kids do you know what I mean? I completely agree with you. And also, and then also obviously just going off on this tangent I was just thinking about how actually that sort of narrative just really serves men mainly because it means that it keeps women in the place like in their place and it limits their ambition because once you have kids your life changes so drastically and as we say many times on this podcast all the childcare it does predominantly come down to the woman and you know what if it doesn't come down to the woman yeah the man is then hero worshipped for being such an amazing dad for doing something that women do Every single fucking day, yeah, with no praise, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I mean, I've just thought about it too much, but um, it just made no, me really you angry. haven't. You you make a valid point. We are completely under this illusion of the fact that having children is the most beautiful, precious thing you'll ever do, and you're right. It is. I would not change one fucking second of my children. I'm so pleased I had them and I fucking love them so much I could burst. Yeah. But saying all that, it is still really fucking hard work. It is draining and it has cost me on so many occasions my mental health and my mental well-being. I'm not blaming them. But they are. I, there is no denying the fact that my mental health has been impacted as a direct result of having children. Yeah, you know, and it's two things. It's two things for me in that this is why it makes me really angry. I think it's firstly that no, we're not prepared for it. It's mm, completely we're not allowed unprepared. to say 
that it's difficult or that we struggle with it and we are made to feel like we are bad parents, like this woman is saying, and, and then we are played with guilt. And the fact that it's only called fucking mum guilt for one really riles me as well. Like, fuck off. Yeah. Why isn't it dad guilt? Why isn't it just Why is it parent guilt? It's just, no, mum guilt. I hate that phrase. Yeah. But there's that. And by keeping us in that place of shame and guilt keeps us quiet about it. But mm. then the other thing, and this is the thing that really fucking gets me, is that there's absolutely no support network at no. all. Like it's different now. Like back in the day when we lived in tribes, children were raised in a community of people. And actually, like we were saying, never go on holiday unless you've got other people there. It's that kind of thing. Like we don't have that anymore as society. And yet women are just expected to still do it all on their own. Yeah. And there's there's nothing like passing. Once you've given birth, you have a couple of visits from the health visitor who, FYI, I've never met a good one. They're all fucking shit. Um, and then you're just left on your own. There's 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 literally no support. And even now, struggling like this, like, like where what would I do? Who would I turn to? Who would I talk to? There's no yeah. fucking organization that's like moms that hate their kids. <laughs> do you no, know what I mean? It's because it's it's because what you're going through is something that would probably require something more than you know, a support. Well, no, it is a support group. And you are right. This journey is so excruciatingly painful. I think the loneliest time I've ever felt in the whole of my life has been being a mum and people turning around to me and hilariously saying, but you'll never be alone again because you've got your children with you. And it's like, yeah, they're the problem. Why why do you think that that makes it better? Oh yeah. But you know, they love you so much and they, they just want you. Yes, I know. That's the fucking problem. They just want me. And actually that feels suffocating. And I'm allowed You might enjoy that level of suffocation I fucking don't I find it really really hard And it does have a direct impact on my mental health So I am having to try and figure out How to manage that mental load of mine And then manage theirs And also do all of the other things, the tick boxes of what is considered a good mum. Yeah. You know, we we damn mums for the fact that they swear in front of their kids or because they smoke or because of the fact that they don't have a fucking job or because they work part-time or because they work full-time. Like, fucking hell. Where is all of this in men's lives? Like, because just so you know, we we predominantly need a man... And I don't mean this in any derogatory way towards a woman that is in a same-sex marriage. You still need the sperm from a fucking man to make a baby. Yeah. And yet their role, their expectation is so massively lowered. Yeah. And then and like even when I had my breakdown this year, and people said, obviously Steve has to take, you know, four and a half months off work, and people said, You're so lucky to have him or oh my god you know my husband wouldn't do that or oh wow you know he's such an amazing guy and it's like yeah he is but fucking hell so I'm I'm amazing too because he's now he's he's just doing what I was fucking doing before I had my breakdown which is everything yeah and you won't get any fucking praise for it no nobody was going well done Someone was just going, actually, you need a little bit more structure with your child's day for education or, you know, oh, I'd really like you to try and get on more lives with your child. Fuck off. Yeah. It's it's fucking thankless, isn't it, at the end of the day? It is thankless and it's really frustrating. And, you know, as a woman, you, you feel completely ashamed for your lack of ability to mother like other people mother thinking that they are doing a better job. I know. Yeah, that's that's why I'm so thankful for community on Instagram, mm. um, and obviously you and your friendship. I for that. <laughs> that should have come first. Should have, um, never mind. And my, and you know, like other friends that I have that I can talk so candidly about it without fear of being judged. Because without you, bitches, I don't know what to do. I would, I'd, I'd just feel so isolated from society, and you are literally. My lifeline, do you know what I mean? Mm. So there we go. What a cheery episode this week! Oh my god! Well, I'm about to cheer it up loads because come on, let's move on to the juicy shit. Would you rather lick someone's eyeball or suck someone's toe? Lick an eyeball. I've got a real thing about feet. I hate them. I've got an eyeball. That's fine. Do you really think you could do that? Yeah, I'm not bothered about eyeballs. Give me an eyeball any day, mate. 
I'll, I'll French kiss it. <laughs> I think I'd be so concerned about that person's eyeball because I know it would hurt them. Nah, they'd be right. Come on, though. Think of the toe jam that you might oh, no. end up inadvertently sucking Suck into your mouth. Oh, I hate oh, an eyeball. I've I never liked Steve's feet. I've never liked any man's feet that I've uh, slept with. I'm, I'm not that I've slept with their feet, but I don't like their feet. <laughs> I, don't, I hate cuddling them at night. <laughs> just I don't gross. like feet. They they're are gross. And they're just, manky. I don't know. They, yeah. Women's feet are, I, I just don't, I, all round, I don't like feet anyway. No, I, I don't. don't like nails to be too long. I'm really funny about nails on men. I really don't like too short or too long. It, I don't like it. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> Has to be a perfect. Uh, Rob's got, really, got nice hands. He's got nice, nice shaped nails on his on his hands. He's very well manicured, except for his one gorilla finger that obviously got trapped in the car door and it's flat. <laughs> gorilla finger. That's what we call it. His gorilla finger. So what are you going for? Eyeball? <sighs> no, I think I'd have to go toe. I am absolutely shocked by this. Just fucking because. Hell. Can you, what? Would you let someone lick your fucking eyeball? Yeah. Would you? I put in contact lenses every day, mate. I finger my eyeball all the time. It doesn't bother no. me. No. I know people are really weird about them, aren't they? they would, like someone would have to fucking wrestle me to the ground and pin me down and then pin my eyelid open before you'd even be allowed to go near my eyeball. I'm pretty sure Rob's licked my eyeball. In a sexual way No (laughs) Just in like a jokey way Just like grab me and lick my eyeball Excellent joke (laughs) (laughs) Oh do you remember that time I licked your eyeball And gave you pink eye That was his 20 minutes of happiness for that day (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god Um, I've got another little follow on from uh, Tidy Up Time Go Belly burden fetish. Oh. That made me proper lull that conversation last week about the belly buttons. Um, so we've got a story about <laughs> oh god, it's so gross. Um, I was just listening to your latest podcast with a belly button fetish guy, and it brought back a disturbing memory from my first marriage, which was very unsuccessful due to many horrific incidents, such oh, as god. the following. Oh god, I wake in the morning to my ex crying in the corner of our bedroom. I managed to coax out of him why he was sobbing. Turns out he thought he was dying. His belly button was green and painful and smelled like death. He believed his guts were falling out. <laughs> How old was he? Twelve guts can fall out your fucking belly button. <laughs> I talked him down and went to a lot of trouble arranging to see the emergency doctor as it was a Sunday morning. After inspection from a very smart posh consultant, he told us the ex had an effective belly button because he had dug around in there with his dirty digits too often and aggressively. Oh, oh, and so it was like gangrene. It actually had like a gangrene belly button. That makes because me feel he really physically sick. Played with it too much. And too aggressively. Hilariously, I love the fact that he was like, I'm gonna die. My guts are gonna spill out because I've been playing with my belly button. Oh my god, you're a grown up. Dirty bastard. Oh. I'm a dirty bastard. I'd never felt so embarrassed despite having four very dramatic children. The shame was real, and I never forgave. So these him. were the children I never she forgave had. Him. She had four children with him. Yeah. The, oh, the gangrene God. belly button. He, man. She had four I, kids he him. has turned my stomach. Repulsed. I feel repulsed. Um, I just love the fact that she says then um, we got divorced very shortly after this incident. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I don't so think I would have horrible. been quite that. I don't think I would have been quite that harsh with Steve if he had a gangrenous belly button. I would. I mean, the thing is, right, I find this, it's like, why? I would never leave anything that long that seemed off to go fucking green and to smell like death. Like, that is Yeah, but how did she not clock it? Maybe they just said, they're not four kids, mate. They don't have any sex, are they? Yeah, I know. But, you know, belly buttons aren't the most, like, unobvious. Do you know what I mean? Like, if Steve didn't see my vagina for a year, I can understand that because it's in pants. But if he were to have no, not seen my fucking belly button turn green and smell like a rotting corpse, and I, <laughs> yeah, I, I think we've got that begs the question. What it's the a fuck? bit confusing, isn't it? Because it's like if he dug it out so regularly, so aggressively, maybe what's happened was that he had 
overly long fingernails, which we've already discussed on this I podcast. Know, how much yeah. we That's what, like this that. is why it's turning my stomach because I feel like he had long fingernails. Yeah, and they he were definitely black. did. And then he would have got a little scratch and then the bacteria would have penetrated the scratch and gone and away. And you know what? It's, it's an easy thing to do, Vic. You know, you can get an infection from a cut on your nail very oh, easily. But oh, a green oh. belly button that smells that bad. I mean, there's no way that you'd get away with it with me. Like everyone would know what's happening because my belly button's so big. You'd see it, it is. from across yeah. the road, wouldn't you? It like, is. I realised having listened back to last week's episode when you wanted me to... Um, Chortle or even counteract your argument with the belly button. I said nothing. It was about what? Dead silence about your belly button. I said nothing. It was complete <laughs> silence. So you were probably like listening back. People must have been like, what is Laura doing? Did she go and get a drink and walk away? Because <laughs> I said nothing. But I do concur, agree, and uh, wholeheartedly support the fact that you have a very large belly button. It's massive. And it could definitely be a beautiful whirlpool for cement. <laughs> and also, can we or can we also say last week we talked about OnlyFans and obviously Rob was dead against it. Yeah. Well, I've had a conversation with Steve about it. <gasps> and I said, I said, you know, it would be my it would how would you feel about it? He was like, I don't give a shit. Really? Was, yeah. I he's I said to him, it would be like my feet or like you know, like my knees or my hairy armpit. He was like, I don't give a shit. Like, why? Or my ear. He was like, yeah, do it. <laughs> he went, as long as you're not getting your vag out or like letting another man touch it, I think that's fine. You know what, Laura? I'll do it anyway. And then he'll be angry, but I'll only be able to sustain that for 20 minutes. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you've got another 24 hours to wait until he gets angry again. Maybe you could see if you could break him emotionally. Yeah, maybe break that's that what neurological they. down d- disorder that he has by actually uh, testing the boundaries and seeing <laughs> if he can go for thirty minutes of anger. <laughs> oh, that's so funny! Um, right, should we have some stories then? Yeah, let's. Even though I've not looked any out. No, neither have I. Okay, that's good. Still can't believe you'd lick an eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I, this is like a combination story, sort of agony like aunt, I think. Um, here we go. So, hi, ladies. Firstly, I love, love, love your podcast. Keep them coming. Okay, so my question is what would you have done in this following scenario? Just recently, I've discovered that cheese no longer agrees with me. <laughs> I mean, I love it. That's the only. Why is that so funny? <laughs> it really is, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's funny because you find it funny. I think if I had read that on its own, I wouldn't have laughed. It's, you're Let's just remember that I am on the sort of cusp of delirium. So yeah, you're on the cusp of potentially fine. needing to be sectioned. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. Um, but I decided that homemade potato skins loaded with cheese were just too good to pass off. So I indulged. Then I remember I had to drop my grandson off back home as I jumped into my daughter's car and made the short trip to my eldest daughter's home. As I jumped into my daughter's car and made the short trip to her house, I bailed out of the car, ran in and told her I could not stay in case I crapped myself. So I left in a hurry. On the way out, I had a che- I let a cheeky one go and realised it hadn't <laughs> gone anywhere except stunk the car out. <laughs> This woman sounds bonkers. I love her. So with my butt cheeks, uh, with my butt cheeks clenched, I had to wait a moment with the windows down before I settled back home. <laughs> it was then. This is the dilemma coming up. This isn't even the dilemma. This is just her. You know, this is her build up to the anecdote here. Great. It was a great event. It was then that I noticed two teenage girls walking down and past the car. As the headlights were on, it illuminated them. And I noticed that one of the girls had a pound size hole in her leggings right where her bum was. I was then (laughs) faced with what the hell to do. I mean, these are the real life issues that we want to address, aren't they, Laura? Do I shout out and tell her that she has a hole in her pants or do I shit myself and face the wrath of my daughter for leaving skid marks on her car seat? Oh, God, I fucking love it. I opted to wait for them to pass me and then drove away feeling conflicted. Did I do the right thing? Luckily, I made it home and blew up my toilet, found no more cheese for me. (laughs) Maybe she has got a uh, lactose intolerance. Maybe she needs to start the milk ladder. Maybe she does. What the fuck's the milk ladder? It's that thing or the dairy ladder, isn't it? Oh, right. So you cut one thing out at a time. 
Well, it's what they do with babies. I don't know if it's relevant for adults. I'm sure it must be. But that's pretty mad to just develop an allergy for dairy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Mate, I'd be gutted. Maybe, maybe it was just too heavily cheesed. Maybe. Some cheeses are pretty fruity, aren't they? Yeah, you know what? If I if I have some cheeses, what comes out of my arsehole, it's just pure hell. Anything, anything with a bit of blue is uh, just carnage. Because it's like you're eating mould, basically. Well, hot cheese to me seems to just create really? hot wind, yeah. Hot wind. Hot, hot cheesy breeze. Yeah. <laughs> like... Just if I if I have a baked camembert, oh yeah, you're asking That's for it. it. It's over. I kind of feel a little bit like it tastes how my farts are going to smell later, though. Do you know what yes. I mean? Yes. Yeah. Even though I Do you enjoy it. Sometimes you know, sometimes when you fart and it smells so bad, but it actually is enjoyable. I, I've been on that. You That's where that. I'm at this week because my diet has been so my bad. Fart. My guts are like, oh my god, horrendous. I'm like this cheesy bitch. I'm like, I, I do. I enjoy the smell of my rancid farts. <laughs> the thing is for me, right? If, even if I was dairy intolerant, I think I'd just take it because obviously I'm a pescatarian, uh, but I don't eat meat. And I did try to do the whole vegan thing and not eat cheese. But without mm. cheese, my life is miserable. I need I it. Do it. It's a pleasure, isn't it? Oh, it's just too cheese good. Cheese is beautiful. Mozzarella. Yeah. You know? A bit of mozzarella, but a bit, bit of buffalo bit of cam- mozzarella. Bit of camembert. Do like camembert. that. Camembert. Cambozla. Oh, my God. that's my favourite. So the question is, what would you have done, Laura? Would you have called out to the girl with the pounds hole in her bum or would you have just driven by to do a poo? So, you know, years gone by, I would have try- I would have saved the girl. Yeah. But I'm learning the importance of putting your own oxygen mask on first. <laughs> and I do believe. That's exactly what she needed in that moment. She literally needed an oxygen mask because the car smelled like death. Um, I would have done what she did. I would have carried on driving and gone, you know what, bitch? That hole's just going to have to stay there, babes. That's someone else's problem. That is someone else's problem, yeah. I have got better. I I wouldn't have had the confidence to do, to go up to someone and say that for fear of embarrassing them, not even me. When I was younger, but I would say, oh, no. yeah, no, yeah, and as a, as a in my early 20s, I wouldn't have done that, but yeah, it's now, weird that, isn't it? yeah, yeah, I think it's it is obviously a confidence thing, isn't it? I mean, some people even in their 30s wouldn't have that confidence, but I've definitely come into my own more of just being like, oh, fucking hell, yeah, by the way, love, you've got a hole in your trousers, um, yeah, you've got a spider hanging from the hair on your chin, you know. Yeah, that one. You've got a I, kept, I kept that one quiet because I didn't like her. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> suffer. On that, on that joyous note, I do have a story which, for some reason, it's not very long, but it has made me laugh. So oh, yes, come on up. I'm from Western Australia. I'm listening Hiya. to you guys every week when my friend told me a story I thought you guys might like instantly. That wasn't Australian towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> they were camping and playing a game and you had to do what the card told you to do one said pull out a pube and measure whose is the longest my friend <laughs> my friend pulled out her pube and she had toilet paper on it <laughs> oh yes a fellow kid in the Australian outback requires you to go, hey guys, I know what we're gonna do. I've never played a game like that. It's on a card, as in like what have they written? Like cards against humanity. Cards against I don't know. I mean cards against humanity doesn't do that. No, it doesn't say pull out a pube, does it? No. That's hilarious. What is he supposed to pull a pube out and see how long it is? See who has the longest pube. I mean, I'd win, hands down. Yeah, I've given mine a trim recently, so you would. But with with some toilet paper on it. I mean, that's <laughs> fucking beautiful. How deep did she go? She didn't go for the edges. She went right in, didn't she? Yeah. She went yeah, right in. She must have done, because it normally gets... I oh, dude. I just want to know what game that is. <laughs> you just reminded me. Because obviously I've been doing all the DIY in the bathroom and doing all the grouting and all that shit. And um, last night I was like, oh, what's that? I just felt a little a little abrasion in the vaginal area. So I had a little check and I had some grout in between my lips. Oh, that's going to chafe. That's yeah. going to chafe. It was, it was rock hard. It obviously set by that point. <laughs> How did you get it off? Was it, it was, stuck to a pube? <laughs> it was like... I don't even know how it got there, but I, I, maybe it is. I was trying to work it out. That goes like, beyond my chili eye incident. That does. The only, the only thing that happened, Eva, one of two scenarios here. 
that somehow the grout penetrated my jogging bottoms and my knickers and made its way into my vagina, which I think is highly unlikely. Or that you itch your vag. <laughs> I scratched my vag. There's that one. I mean, look at these fingernails. Yeah. Hey, it could have happened. This is a this is like a fun like, gangrene belly button situation that's about to unfold in my <laughs> underpants. <laughs> I'm afraid to inform you, Mrs. Eames, that you have a year-old piece of grout stuck in your vulva. Um, imagine if it got stuck like under your clitoris hood or something. Could happen. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have that, happened. I might have scratched it, or I thought maybe there when I went to the toilet, it was very like crummy. There was just like fucking adhesive everywhere. Maybe I'd accident it was on the toilet paper and I'd accidentally wiped it. Something like that. Yeah. Discuss. Go with that. <laughs> Discuss. How what do you think? What is your medical diagnosis? Give us your uh, give us your what ideas to this. Um, you know what? While we're on the subject, on our Instagram page, we yeah. have some things where, you know, like we ask questions, funny questions. Yeah. And some of the answers we get back are quite funny. But I do have a question for you, which was something that was posted the other day. Oh, okay. Name. The one alcohol you'll never drink again. Oh. Just so you know, 256 people had an input to that one. 256 people that know the alcohol they'll never drink again. You know what? I used to have one really strongly. I used to have that with tequila. Tequila came up a lot. Yeah, I got really smashed on that when I was about 18. And I didn't drink it for probably about 15 years. But I do love... um, What's it called? A margarita. And that is tequila based. Mm. I wouldn't do shots. I just, I would not do any shots ever again. I, I, no. I'm, oh, oh, maybe Jager bombs. Gross. Can't do those. Jager bombs came up. 2020. Oh, I've never drunk that. No, me neither. Um, 21. Uh, sorry, tequila after 21 shots oh. when I was 21. In Cancun, oh thinking God. I was invincible, ended up naked in my hotel bed, blocking the sink with my sick. Oh, and the smell of tequila for days around the pool oh God. on the towels. Oh, horrible. Oh, yeah, tequila. To I forgot with that. That was just horrendous. That was probably one of the first times I ever got drunk, actually. Like, really, really pissed. Um, yeah, I think that's probably it. I, I, you know what? It's been such a long time since I've drunk anything to such excess that I would never want to drink it again. The last time I drank something to such excess that it made me really violently ill was actually gin. Was it? I was drinking gin and tonic like it was squash and oh Lord. Yeah, I I think gin, um, I like a gin, but I think if you get drunk on it, it's 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 a real depressive gin. That's why it's called Mother's Ruin. Is it? Yeah, because it would make me go mad. Like, because it's a me- mega, mega depressant. Maybe that's what made me go mad. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about it. It's not my unresolved mental health issues. It's a gin I drank. <laughs> Everything's better again. Yeah. The answers have been solved. Yeah, tequila came up a lot. Gin uh, didn't actually. It didn't no. come up a lot. No, it's not one that you'd like binge on. I think tequila, tequila gets out of control really quickly because you tend to only drink it as a shot. Shots just uh, not a good idea. Don't I do think shots. I've Don't I have, shot kids. I've been emotionally fucked, ruined on most alcoholic beverages. Uh, yeah. The Cardi and Coke, I had pretty bad experience with that. Red wine, or yeah, red experience. wine. Fucking the red wine. In fact, I can still taste the stomach acid. From I that used. One. Uh, I drank a, a hell of a lot of JD and Coke when um, I lived with an ex boyfriend, and we just. I was permanently hungover living in that flat. We lived in a flat together in Kentish Town. And I, I'd say I spent every weekend with my head down the toilet in the morning. Like it was it was really bad. That was the the vast majority of my late teens, early 20s. Yeah, he was like a much bigger guy than me. He could obviously <laughs> go out with a really small like leprechaun. He was a really big guy and he could really take booze. And he could obviously drink me like under the table but I'd still match him with the drinks and then just suffer horrendously the next day and just be like Mah. I felt so ill oh god I wasted so much of my youth hungover oh, Jesus. Mate, didn't we all yeah it was a life <laughs> <laughs> because I'm so pleased like when people go oh you know like having children young means you get rid of them when you and I'm like no I really enjoy it. I mean I was 26 right nearly 27 when I had Elliot so I was still pretty young but yeah. fucking hell I'm so pleased it wasn't any younger 
No, I was such I a selfish prick. Because also, like, that's it. Once you've had them, you can't you can't you're get rid fucked. of them. Then they're, they're there. Annoyingly, for the rest of your life. you're emotionally attached, little prick. I guess. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, it's been a very emotional week this week, hasn't it? Yeah, I feel I feel it's a bit heavy, but I think heavy is good. You know, sometimes it's good to just be a bit real about life. Yes, I agree with you. And you know what? It's helped me immensely because I feel so much better coming out. I was really looking forward to today because I knew it would lift my spirits. Always I know it would. Always, we always have a laugh, don't we? It's yeah. the right laugh on this podcast. Um, so if you want to keep sending us your hilarious stories, your agony aunts, any suggestions for the fact section that I seem to have just completely neglected because yeah, fine. we'll know. talk about other shit. I have got a really funny fact for you, though, just a very quick one. Did you know that uh, kangaroos have got three vaginas? What? <laughs> Your face. <laughs> they, is that true? Yeah, it's true. Um, hold on, let me do this. I heard someone else talk about it the other day and I was laughing. I was like, oh my God, that's so funny. Um, vagina, kangaroo vagina. Kangaroos have three vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> They've got um, two uteruses. So they could have multiple children. Yep. They've got a middle vagina, a side vagina. I've got a bit of side vagina. Fucking hell. And um, a bladder. Where's the other bit? Kidneys, utera, two uteruses. Oh, just like a standard, normal, bog standard vagina. So they've got three vaginas or two vaginas. So two two uteruses. uteruses. Yeah. So the one, the, the side vagina is where the sperm travels up. The middle vagina, the joey travels down, and then the normal vagina is like that's where they're all connected. It's like heart valves, isn't it? It is. It looks mental. The diagram of it, you're like, eh? Excuse me. It looks like a badminton bat. <laughs> badminton bat. <laughs> you can't really see it, can you? We'll put no, that on the um, put that on the feed. So there you go. That's my little bit of tiny bit of. That trivia. was actually very very intriguing. I think I might so. do some more animal. Sex facts because they're fucking hilarious. They are. I do like an animal sex right, fact. We'll try. I'll aim for that. I'll, I'm going to be ambitious and try and aim for that next week. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So if you want to send us your stories, whatever, just uh, email us at no holds bars, <laughs> no holds barred podcast at gmail.com. Or what else can I do, Laura? They can go to Instagram and find us on No Holes Barred Podcast and they can message us on our DMs. There's nothing else, is there? It's just literally that's oh. it. It's the end. It's the end. It's the end. Have another week. And hopefully next week when we speak to each other, well, for a start, what will have happened, Vic? I don't know. What would have okay. happened? We oh, will have we just seen, seen each other. Each other. <gasps> oh my goodness me. So exciting. Yes, I know. I really feel other. like I'm going to cry. Yeah. When, when people are listening to this, we would have already seen each other. We will have seen each other. Yeah. And then when we record, it. and I'm really hoping Edith doesn't fuck all of this up and sleep so badly on Friday that you're not in a good place emotionally on Saturday. Oh, fuck that, mate. I'm saying to rob your duty on Friday night. And then if if it's really bad and she's in a shit place, I'll be like, you can sit at home and I'm going to go meet Laura. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I'll see you in three days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying in the hotel with Laura. <laughs> uh, yes, oh, we're very excited about seeing each other. And hopefully uh, when we rejoin next week, you will have got a bit more sleep. <sighs> I can hope so. I yeah. can but wish. Um, all right then. See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.